This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 84. Welcome to the podcast. I'm back by myself. The last few weeks we have been doing interviews and I've loved them. I've really enjoyed them. But here I am recording a podcast for you by myself. There will be no interview today, but I'm excited about that because it's been a while since I've done this. I am actually in New York. So if my sound sounds a little different, It's because I'm in a hotel room in New York City. I came here to visit my son who lives here in Brooklyn, and um, I just haven't seen him in months and months and months because of COVID. I really miss my kids, and I just decided that I would come here for a couple of days just to check in, see how everything's going. I'm being very careful. I'm wearing my mask everywhere. The plane felt pretty safe. Um, Everything was nice and clean. Everybody wore their masks. So I'm just praying that everyone stays safe and no one gets sick. And I'm really enjoying getting out of my house um, after months and months of being locked down. So I just wanted to bring you a podcast while I was here. And I also want to thank you for listening to the interviews that we've had the last few weeks. I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I have. So today I want to talk to you about staying in control and getting our mind in the right place during confrontations with clients. Because it seems that in this pandemic situation where we're doing all this curbside medicine, clients are just getting unreasonable at times, sometimes even downright rude. And we're just hearing a lot about it and it's causing some undue stress and undue angst with us in the veterinary profession. So I wanted to talk about that today. And the reason that it came to the forefront of my mind is I had a, um, I wouldn't call it necessarily a confrontation, but a phone call from a client who is a longtime client of mine. She's been coming to me for, I would say, at least 20 years, probably close to 25, with various um, pets. She's a rescue Um, person. She's adopted multiple pets. And she called me last week, I think it was, and was really basically called me to talk about getting a new pet. She was thinking about getting a, a new dog. She's been without dogs for a short period of time. And that was the original phone call. But then she started asking me about when we were going to open our hospital up um, and get rid of the curbside and actually let people in the building. And I told her that I really didn't think we were going to do that anytime soon. We weren't 100% sure how to make that so it would keep our employees safe and also the clients safe in the building. And we came up with a pretty good way of doing this curbside thing, which I thought was very efficient and good for the pets, good for the clients to keep everyone safe. And she really didn't like that answer. She wanted me to tell her that we were going to open up the hospital soon for clients to come in. And so what started out as a very 
um, kind conversation that we were having about her getting a new dog and, you know, seeing each other again, as far as the, the pet client relationship goes, turned into this kind of angsty conversation about why I didn't want to reopen the hospital so she could come in. And it actually got a little uncomfortable because she was, you know, as I was explaining what we were doing and why we were doing it, she was definitely not on the same page. And then she went into lecturing me about why it was so important that clients get to come into the building and that we were charging the same amount of money and that was outrageous because we weren't providing the same amount of service. And then I kind of countered with, well, actually we are providing the same service. You're just not seeing it because you're out in the car and we're in the hospital with the pet. So the services are the same. In fact, on some levels, when we're doing curbside, we're working harder. And I think you would all agree if you're working in a veterinary hospital right now that bringing the pets in, because we don't have the clients with with the pet, we are having to hold them more, we're, we need more bodies. It's a little bit more difficult to practice the way we used to practice, but having the people outside makes it easier as far as you know keeping less exposure for our teams and you know we don't have to, we clean the rooms after each pet, but we don't have to do it to the extent that we would if we had clients in the room um, or having less exposure, even if they're wearing masks. So. You know, whether you think that it's right to bring clients back into the building or not right now doesn't really matter. It's just having these confrontations with clients either about this subject or all the other things that we're having confrontations over is causing a lot of stress in the profession right now. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on the Facebook groups where veterinarians talk about what's going on in their practices right now. I'm just seeing this heightened level of stress about dealing with clients. And so that's why this subject came up today um, because of the confrontation, I guess you could call it, that I had with this client over um, curbside versus in-person appointments or whether it's anything else that we're dealing with. So that's why I wanted to talk about this today. And I'm going to talk about a few stories and then give you some tips on how you can deal with this and how you can manage your mind around it. Because a lot of it is just the way we think about it. I love this client that called me. She was very upset with me. And she at one point she even said, well, maybe I'll have to go somewhere else. But just getting my mind wrapped around that, that that's okay if she feels that strongly that she doesn't want to see me anymore. She wants to see a veterinarian that's actually letting clients in the building and being okay with that and not causing undue stress to myself or changing my stance on something that I think is important. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So we can stay positive. We can deal with people that are either... Um, conflicting with our beliefs like this woman did or actually rude because we've seen a lot of clients recently that are rude for different reasons. Either they want to come in the building or whether they don't want to come in the building or whether we're not fast enough, timely enough. Maybe we're booked and we can't get them in. Um, I know that's happening a lot because we're so busy right now. Um, And I think all the clinics in Um, the nation, at least in the United States, but maybe all over the world are busier for whatever reason during this pandemic. So all these things are causing clients to take their frustrations out on us. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So, So how do we deal with this? How do we stay in control when these confrontations arise? If somebody is abusive, 
that can be very frightening. This woman on the phone was not abusive, so it was fine. It was a very civil conversation. It was great. But if somebody can actually abusive to you, it's very difficult to know how to react. And a lot of times it pushes us off guard. It's shocking when somebody you think is going to be kind because that's what we expect in most situations when we're dealing with clients in a veterinary hospital. But if somebody is abusive or rude, it pushes us back. It takes us aback. It's shocking. And so then it's difficult sometimes to know exactly what to say or do. And we need to manage our feelings so we can stay calm and so we can come up with a solution for these people. And when do we need make concessions for them? When do we hold our ground? How do we recover? How do we get over it and let it go? Those are all valid questions when dealing with confrontations in a veterinary clinic or anywhere. You know, we come up with confrontations all the time, um, online, uh, all these things. And so how do we deal with them? The pandemic has caused a lot of pressure for people. And so I think that we're seeing even more clients that are becoming upset for some reason or sometimes even downright rude or unreasonable. And we need to have a, kind of a pre-planned way that we want to deal with this. And how do we stay calm and confident and um, handle people, improving our communication skills so we don't let their rudeness throw us off guard? So the first thing I would encourage you to do is sort out the real complaints like my client had with me, that's a valid complaint that she can't come in the building. And I can so relate to the way she's feeling. How do we sort out those valid complaints from people being just plain rude or just having some general unhappiness in their life that they're taking out on us? Sometimes people have waited a long time, which can be quite valid. That can be a valid complaint. Or we make a mistake in their charges, that's quite valid. How do we differentiate that from the client that is just unhappy in general and is taking out their unhappiness with their life circumstances out on us? If they have a valid complaint, then we want to address that. We want to fix something for them. And so in order to figure out what their valid complaint is, even if they're acting unreasonable, we have to communicate calmly and we have to ask a lot of questions to get to the bottom of their problem. So if someone questions a procedure, like this woman questioned my reasoning for wanting to keep the hospital curbside, if someone questions that change or they're not used to this thing that we're doing at, at the hospital level, then we have to be able to explain to them what our reasoning is, even if we don't totally agree with what they're saying. We have to be able to do our best to explain the situation and help them as much as we can. And if they don't agree, they don't agree. And then we just have to agree to disagree. But not getting defensive, not getting rude back to them when they're pressuring us is really the key. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is be prepared. There's a study done at the University of British Columbia that was studying incivility between customers and their employees. And their findings showed that employees who expect to encounter rude customers at work react far less strongly than employees who expect good customer relations, but then get hit with these unexpected rude clients. So the researchers recommended that 
companies or organizations train their staff to deal with irate customers, even when those customers are generally civil. So what I would recommend that we do with our employees or our teams in the veterinary hospitals, or even with yourself, is train yourself to expect some rudeness. I really am an optimist and I love people and I really enjoy happy relations with people, but I do expect almost on a daily basis that I'm going to get at least one rude person. And because I'm a little bit of a conflict junkie and I kind of enjoy it, I sometimes crave having somebody get a little bit rude with me, which sounds a little wacky, I know. Um, But the reason that I like conflict is because I like to resolve it. Not that I like to be involved in it and not that I like rudeness or people that are upset, but I do enjoy the problem solving that comes with somebody that's upset or having a problem. And so, and, and also the challenge of staying calm. You know, there's something about somebody yelling at you and you feeling like you want to fight back and you being able to stay calm that feels kind of good. It feels, um, you know, like you have a little bit of control over that crazy chihuahua brain that wants you to fight back or run. So maybe I'm a little unusual in that, but I do enjoy that. But what I would recommend to you as a first rule of dealing with conflict or handling these nasty clients is to just expect it. Expect that you're going to get somebody like that every once in a while. And not because you're a bad veterinary hospital or you're a bad veterinarian or a bad receptionist or whatever your role is in the veterinary hospital. Just expect that people are going to be people and that they all have that primitive brain that's telling them to be afraid, to be upset. And a lot of people aren't evolved enough or haven't evolved their brain enough to deal with their own feelings of unhappiness and so they are going to have a tendency to take it out on you and if you can expect it ahead of time and you can kind of train your brain to the steps that you're going to take to combat it then it's going to be so much easier when it happens you're not going to go into that funk that will your negative brain wants to cause for you when it's telling you that things aren't going well If you expect that things are not going to always go well, then you're going to be prepared and you're going to practice these things ahead of time. So expect it. (laughs) Expect the unexpected is my first rule for dealing with upset or angry clients. My second rule for dealing with these people is address it directly right when it happens because rudeness, upset people, if they're not dealt with at the actual time that they're upset, they are gonna fester. They are going to create a bigger problem in their head than actually has happened. And it, a lot of times it's our tendency to run away from conflict. It's scary, we don't wanna deal with it. We think if we ignore it or we don't go right to the source and try to figure out what their problem is, that they will just go away and disappear. But actually, if you don't address it at the time that it happens, you are gonna be more likely to have somebody that's gonna to go to the internet, trash you, say rude things, because they didn't get their problems handled when they really wanted it to be handled. They're gonna feel unheard, they might feel that you don't care if you don't go directly to them. So I would encourage you 
not to run away when these things happen. I would encourage you to handle it promptly. Try to diffuse the the situation if you can. Try to really listen to that client. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. Listening, just letting them vent at you is so important to getting them to feel heard. And a lot of times when people feel heard, they will actually calm down. So if you have a fear of conflict because you're afraid that you might make it worse or that you don't know what to say, you don't know how to handle it, it's not going to go away if you just ignore it. And so we don't want to ignore it. We want to confront it. And that kind of goes back to my first rule is being prepared. So if you can prepare yourself ahead of time for how you are going to deal with any conflict, then you're going to have an easier time addressing it exactly when it happens. So addressing it when it happens is going to take a calm, non-reactive brain. That is going to be the thing that you need to do in order to be able to listen to somebody and actually figure out whether they have a valid complaint and something that you can actually fix or whether they just want to verbally attack you for no reason. And they do have a reason. They always do. But a lot, but many, many times, it's a reason that they have in their life. They're taking out things that are happening to them that are making them upset on you. And it may have nothing to do with you, which is fine. You just have to be able to recognize that and kind of separate the rudeness and the upsetness, if that's a word, from something that's a valid concern that you can actually fix. So if you can stay calm and keep whatever this client is saying to you from triggering you and triggering your negative emotions and causing you to go negative or be defensive, then you're going to be able to stay tactful. You're going to be able to not inflame them more. So if you have to, before you go into a conflict with a client, and most of our conflicts right now are not going to be face-to-face, which in some cases is more difficult for us to deal with because we feel personally attacked. But even on the phone, if you can just take a few deep breaths before you get on the phone, calm yourself before you go into this confrontation, and be prepared to just listen and try to sort out what's actually going on in the client's mind, then you're going to be able to calm your own thoughts, your own fight or flight thoughts, and just be able to approach this situation as being non-threatened. It'll also allow you to stay alert. And if the conversation really starts to deteriorate and people really start to become highly aggressive or inflammatory, you can continue to stay calm, but also then protect yourself. And I encourage people when you're on the phone with somebody and you're trying to be reasonable and you're remaining calm and you're listening, you're agreeing with them on the things that you can agree on, and then you're offering to help them in whatever way that you can. If it really deteriorates into abuse and they swear or they start to yell at you or they're being very unreasonable, then you can create a boundary and you can say something like, Sir, I'm going to say sir or ma'am, if you continue to remain aggressive or if you continue to swear at me, I am going to have to end this conversation. I'm actually trying to help you. I'm open to 
fixing whatever it is that I can fix, but if you are not going to remain calm, if you are going to attack me, I may have to end this conversation. And then if you say that in a calm way, I'm going to hang up if you continue to swear, and then they continue to swear, you can say again, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation, I will have to continue it at another time when you can remain calm, and then you can hang up. And really, you can do that. You have the power to end the conversation, end the confrontation if it's not going well. And if you feel like they're threatening your personal safety, if you feel like there's being threats made, then you also have the option to call in help. Call the police if you need to. And you can do that very calmly without becoming defensive, without becoming aggressive. And really, really resist the temptation that you're going to have to jump in. You're, you're going to want to fight back. You're, you'll want to defend yourself because we really have this tendency to want to protect ourselves and defend ourselves. And that's a normal human reaction. But whatever it takes, if you can resist that and just stay calm and cool, it will go a long way into diffusing a lot of these confrontations because many of these people just want to fight They want somebody to fight back because they're feeling aggressive and they want to take out their anger on someone. And if you can just remain calm, sometimes it'll bring them down and then they will become calm. And then you can really get to the root of the conversation and fix something for them. Or just agree to disagree and say, I'm sorry you feel this way, but right now I can't change this for you. And so whatever you have to do to make yourself feel better is okay. So listening is very important, staying calm. And then if you have to, you can appropriately apologize for what's going on because there are some instances in the hospital that we've made a mistake. And you can say things like, it sounds like you're telling me that you had to wait longer than you thought you should, and that's on us because we lost your record or you did call us and the receptionist forgot to tell the technician. If it is something that was actually the fault of the veterinary hospital, then you can apologize for that. You may not be able to fix it because it's already happened, but you can apologize and say, I'm sorry, this happened to you. How can I fix this for you? And if they say, I want my whole visit for free, and you don't think that that's appropriate, then you can just say, well, that's not something that I can do in this situation, but I do apologize. And maybe next time we can make your appointment first thing in the morning or first thing after lunch, so you don't have to wait so long. And in the future, we we will do a better job for you. So if you've addressed it promptly, you've listened appropriately, you've stayed calm, you've apologized for the things you can apologize for, you've fixed the things you can fix, then how do you end the conversation if the people just still don't want to accept the things that you're saying? You just don't seem to be getting that message across that this is the way it is, that client keeps repeating the same things over and over again because they think you're going to change your mind. You just have to stay very, very confident. And this goes back to being prepared. If you're confident in the things that your hospital does, if you're confident in your charges, if you know you're appropriately doing the things that you need to do, then you can detail that to the client. If they keep saying things over and over again that are untrue, 
then you just have to remind yourself that I have said all that I can say. I have given them all the solutions that I can give. There's nothing else I can do in this situation. Then you basically just have to stay firm and thank them. Thank them for bringing this problem to your attention. Thank them for letting you know and then repeat to them, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I can do. I'm very, very sorry. I hope that you can find somewhere else that will make you happier than we have made you. And I wish you nothing but the best. And you do have to end the conversation. You do have to stand firm in what you're telling them, but you do have to shut them down at some point without hanging up. You don't want it to end with a click, a big click at the end of the conversation. That doesn't always go well. But do the best you can and and stand firm. Don't be afraid to stand behind your convictions because people will try to pull you off them all the time. Once you get through one of these conversations, once you've had this, whether it's gone really, really great and you've come to a great conclusion and the client is now happy and you fixed whatever you could fix or you've just talked to them and let them get it off their chest and now they're calm and they, and they feel good about the interaction and they feel listened to and they feel loved, then you hang up the phone. So now what are you left with? You're left with your own brain. And what's going to happen with your brain is you are going to regurgitate, rerun the conversation in your brain. And that's exactly what I did with this client when I hung up the phone with her because I thought we resolved it quite well, but she still wasn't happy because I didn't give in to her demands that we open back up the hospital, at least not in the short term. I told her someday we will, but I just just don't know when. So how do you deal with the fact that somebody was rude to you, somebody was mean to you, and now you're regurgitating it? over and over again in your head. In fact, I just had this conversation with my son last night because ironically, or not ironically, however you want to look at it, he has um, gotten a job at a veterinary hospital here in New York as a animal assistant, and it's it's new to him. He used to work for me um, back in the day at my hospital, so he has a little bit of experience, but because of the pandemic and musicians not having the jobs that they need to have, he decided to take this job at this veterinary hospital, and he has clients that are really rude to him, and he said, how do you turn it off? How do you turn it off when you go home and somebody was mean to you and you're not sure you handled it correctly? And so we had this conversation last night. So your brain's going to want to regurgitate it. And you need to create some boundary with your brain, with yourself, so you don't hang on to it. So the first step is realizing that this is not your problem. This is the client's problem. You need to create a boundary in your head that no matter how this conversation went down, whether you think you did a great job at it or whether you think you made some mistakes in what you said, the problem is no longer yours once you hang up the phone. doesn't mean that you can't go back and fix something that maybe was done wrong or said wrong, or maybe you forgot to call a client back when you were supposed to. You can go back and fix that the next day. But to sit there and regurgitate and rerun the conversation in your mind and try to decide what you did right and what you did wrong, it's not really a useful exercise. You can learn from it if you think you said something wrong, but the fact that it was said the way it said and was done the way it was done in the moment means that it was done. There's nothing you can do. You can't go back and change it. 
you can think about it. You can decide whether, you know, maybe something could have been done a little differently and you can learn about it for the future. But repeatedly beating yourself up over this conversation or worrying about whether this client likes you or not is an exercise in futility. Your primitive brain is going to want to beat you up over and over and over again. But what you can do is be onto that primitive brain and decide on purpose how you are going to choose to think about this conflict or confrontation. We know that our thoughts are the creators of the way we feel about this conversation that we're having. And so we can choose on purpose to think about the conversation in a different way. So if your brain is telling you that this didn't go well, this client is unhappy, they're going to go somewhere else, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing, that isn't useful. That's not going to help you. Even if the client is going to go somewhere else, it doesn't really matter. In the long term, most of your clients are happy. In the big picture, most of your clients are well cared for, happy people, and the pets are well cared for. So if you can focus on that and take this client interaction or this conflict or the rudeness that they brought to you as something that they're dealing with, some problem in their brain that's causing them to be unhappy and then feel empathy for them instead of feeling contempt for yourself for not handling it well, then you're going to be able to let it go and just feel empathy and just feel sympathy for that person that you were unable to help them. Not that you did something wrong, but that they are still unhappy because of the way they're thinking about the situation. Because in many cases, you can change things for people and they still are going to be unhappy. They're going to go back and rehash the fact that you were late or the fact that something bad happened. Even if you fix it and you apologize, they are hanging on to it. That has nothing to do with you. You need to let it go. Let it be theirs. Let it be their reaction. And then your reaction can be one of empathy for them and also love for yourself, for the way you handled it. So if you are unable to resolve the conflict for them, if there's nothing you can do, like my conversation with this woman, right now there's nothing I can do to help her. She wants to come in the building when she gets a new dog. I am not allowing people in my building right now because as a team, as a hospital team, we have decided that this is what we're going to do for the short term, maybe the long term. We really don't know. So in this instance, I can't change this for her. I cannot change the way she feels. I cannot fix it for her. All I can do is have empathy for her that this is the way she feels and allow her with love to move on to another hospital that is going to let her in the building because then she's going to be taken care of and I'm going to be taken care of. And we can still respect each other and allow each other to exist in these differing opinions. And that is how you need to manage this in your mind. And so be prepared to manage your own mind around these things, but also be ready to help your teammates because Everyone on your team is dealing with this. Just like I talked to my son last night about this conflict he had with a client, somebody that was 
upset with him. And he really had no control because he's just an animal assistant. And this client was basically taking out their upset about something that happened in the encounter with the veterinarian, but taking it out on him. So he really had no control to fix it for this woman, but he was taking it personally. It was affecting him. And so what we had to do is we had to kind of hash it out and talk it out, be willing to listen to your fellow teammates about the stress that they're feeling about the rudeness that a customer brought to them, and then accept to think about it differently. So discussing the problem that the other team member had with a, with a client, discussing it, getting it out into the air so the person can vent their feelings about it, but then encouraging that team member to think about it differently saying, did you really think that maybe this client was not upset with you, but they were upset with the situation because of COVID, because of something else in their life? Maybe this person is just a very unhappy person. Maybe they have six kids and they're struggling with money. There's so many things that could be happening in that client's brain that you don't know about that if you start to think about it in a different way will allow you to open yourself up to feeling empathy and just letting it go and realizing that the rudeness and the conflict that is coming with COVID and coming with the way we're practicing veterinary medicine right now or anything, any human encounter is basically out of our control and it's not something that we need to dwell on and we need to cause ourselves stress around. And if you can allow that just to pass through you and allow you to handle the rude customers the best you can and then just let it go, it will open you up to so much less stress because you are not responsible for someone else's feelings. They are responsible for their feelings. You are only responsible for your feelings. And we know this. It's just very difficult sometimes to embrace. So if another team member is struggling, support them, talk to them, Give them the space to vent their concerns, but then encourage them to think about it differently. So the key things we want to remember when we're dealing with all of these situations with unhappy, rude clients right now is figuring out whether there's something that we can fix in this situation or something that we can't, if somebody's being unreasonable or not. Also, weeding out the offensive and the abusive from the people that are just upset and when do we need to create a boundary when do we need to actually hang up or stop the conversation addressing it in the moment as soon as possible is very important to getting it over with even though you're not going to want to do that your body's going to want to run away i find myself doing it all the time it's like oh i really don't want to have this conflict but I know that if I do it in the moment, it's going to result better than if I let it fester and get worse. Try not to take things personally, actively listen, apologize if it's appropriate. If there's something you can do to fix it, fix it. Make sure you stand firm on things that you need to stand firm on. And then ask somebody for help. If you're having trouble, ask one of your other team members to help you or Call up your coach, call up an advisor, work this out and get it out of your brain and really expect it. Expect that it's going to happen. That is so important. Expect and prepare. That is key. 
All right, everybody, that is all I have to say about this. I hope some of the things that I've said today have been super helpful to you. They are to me always because we're always dealing with these situations in veterinary medicine or in life in general. If you need help, as I always say, please reach out. Don't suffer in silence. Reach out to a therapist, a coach, email me, call me, anything you need to do to get help. It's really important that we all support each other in this time and in all times in our profession. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please send me a five-star review. Give me a five-star review on iTunes. Go there and just write a little sentence. It would be amazing for me to see that. I'm always looking for suggestions for the podcast. You can email me at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. That would be amazing. Reach out. If you want coaching, you can go to my website. I have a little sign-up area where you can get my free PDFs on some of the subjects that you're interested in, and also you can sign up for a free coaching. So thanks for listening today, everyone. I hope you have a beautiful week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.